Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 42. Today we're going to be finishing off the book of Leviticus, a book with all these laws, and you might wonder sometimes why all the laws, what's going on. And what we need to remember is that all these laws come after God has shown the people grace. He's redeemed them from slavery in Egypt. He's rescued them. And he said, because I've shown you this mercy and love, this is how I want you to live. And that's been the same throughout all of history, that God says, this is how I want you to live. But first he rescues, he shows his grace, and that grace is meant to be the motivation to live for him. And so I hope you see that in all the passages we read today, that there's a motivation out of God's grace to then obey him, to serve him, and to follow his laws because they are good and they are laws that lead to life, the life that you've already been given in Christ. So let's begin today with Leviticus 26, the last two chapters, 26 and 27. You must not obey for yourselves idols, so you must not set up for yourselves a carved image or a pillar, and you must not place a sculpted stone in your land to bow down before it, for I am the Lord your God. You must keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you walk in my statutes and are sure to obey my commandments, I will give you your rains in their time so that the land will give its yield and the trees of the field will produce their fruit. Threshing season will extend for you until the season for harvesting grapes and the season for harvesting grapes will extend until sowing season. So you will eat your bread until you are satisfied and you will live securely in your land. I will grant peace in the land so that you will lie down to sleep without anyone terrifying you. I will remove harmful animals from the land, and no sword of, of war will pass through your land. You will pursue your enemies, and they will fall before you by the sword. Five of you will pursue a hundred, and a hundred of you will pursue ten thousand, and your enemies will fall before you by the sword. I will turn to you, make you fruitful, multiply you, and maintain my covenant with you. You will still be eating stored produce from the previous year and will have to clean out what is stored from the previous year to make room for new. I will make my tabernacle in your midst and I will not abhor you. I will walk among you and I will be your God and you will be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt from being their slaves and I broke the bars of your yoke and caused you to walk upright. If, however, you do not obey me, and keep all these commandments, if you reject my statutes and abhor my regulations so that you do not keep all my commandments and you break my covenant, I, for my part, will do this to you. I will inflict horror on you, consumption and fever, which diminish eyesight and drain away the vitality of life. You will sow your seed in vain because your enemies will eat it. I will set my face against you. You'll be struck down before your enemies. Those who hate you will rule over you and you will flee when there is no one pursuing you. If, in spite of all these things, you do not obey me, I will discipline you seven times more on account of your sins. I will break your strong pride and make your sky like iron and your land like bronze. Your strength will be used up in vain. 
Your land will not give its yield, and the trees of the land will not produce their fruit. If you walk in hostility against me and are not willing to obey me, I will increase your affliction seven times according to your sins. I will send the wild animals against you, and they will bereave you of your children, annihilate your cattle, and diminish your population so that your roads will become desolate. If, in spite of all these things, you do not allow yourselves to be disciplined, and you walk in hostility against me, then I myself will also walk in hostility against you and strike you seven times on account of your sins. I will bring on you an avenging sword, a covenant vengeance. Although you will gather together into your cities, I will send pestilence among you, and you will be given into enemy hands. When I break off your supply of bread, ten women will bake your bread in one oven. They will ration your bread by weight, and you will eat and not be satisfied. If in spite of all this you do not obey me, but walk in hostility against me, I will walk in hostile rage against you, and I myself will also discipline you seven times on account of your sins. You will eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters. I will destroy your high places and cut down your incense altars, and I will stack your dead bodies on top of the lifeless bodies of your idols. I will abhor you. I will lay your cities waste and make your sanctuaries desolate, and I will refuse to smell your soothing aromas. I myself will make the land desolate, and your enemies who live in it will be appalled. I will scatter you among the nations and unsheath the sword after you, so your land will become desolate and your cities will become a waste. Then the land will make up for its Sabbaths all the days it lies desolate, while you are in the land of your enemies. Then the land will rest and make up its Sabbaths. All the days of desolation it will have will be the rest it did not have on your Sabbaths when you lived in it. As for the ones who remain among you, I will bring despair into their hearts in the lands of their enemies. The sound of a blowing leaf will pursue them, and they will flee as one who flees the sword, and will fall down even though there is no pursuer. They will stumble over each other as those who flee before a sword, though there is no pursuer, and there will be no one to take a stand for you before your enemies. You will perish among the nations. The land of your enemies will consume you. As for the ones who remain among you, they will rot away because of their iniquity in the lands of your enemies, and they will also rot away because of their ancestors' iniquities which are with them. However, when they confess their iniquity and their ancestors' iniquities, which they committed by trespassing against me, by which they also walked in hostility against me, and I myself will walk in hostility against them and bring them into the land of their enemies, and then their uncircumcised hearts become humbled and they make up for their iniquities. I will remember my covenant with Jacob and also my covenant with Isaac and also my covenant with Abraham and I will remember the land. The land will be abandoned by them in order that it may make up for the Sabbaths while it is made desolate without them. And they will make up for their iniquity because they have rejected my regulations and have abhorred my statutes. In spite of this, however, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not reject them and abhor them to make a complete end of them, to break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. I will remember for them the covenant with their ancestors, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations to be their God. I am the Lord. And as we work through, uh, just a little pause here, as we work through uh, the rest of the Old Testament in the weeks and weeks to come, we'll notice that the people actually do fail to live up to God's commands and they do end up getting exiled out of the land 
and have an exile that lasts the amount of Sabbath years that they were supposed to have given to the land. God's prediction here of uh, the consequences of them not obeying ends up actually being what happens in the future. Back to chapter 26 and then on to 27. These are the statutes, regulations, and instructions which the Lord established between himself and the Israelites at Mount Sinai through Moses. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, Speak to the Israelites and tell them, When a man makes a special votive offering based on the conversion value of a person to the Lord, the conversion value of the male from 20 years old up to 60 years old is 50 shekels by the standard of the sanctuary shekel. If the person is a female, the conversion value is 30 shekels. If the person is from 5 years old up to 20 years old, the conversion value of the male is 20 shekels and for the female 10 shekels. If the person is 1 month old up to 5 years old, the conversion value of the male is 5 shekels of silver and for the female the conversion value is 3 shekels of silver. If the person is from 60 years old and older, if he is male, the conversion value is 15 shekels and the female 10 shekels. If the person making the votive offering is too poor to pay the conversion value, he must stand the person before the priest, and the priest will establish his conversion value. According to what the man who made the votive offering can afford, the priest will establish his conversion value. If what is vowed is a kind of animal from which an offering may be presented to the Lord, anything which he gives to the Lord from this kind of animal will be holy. He must not replace or exchange it, good for bad or bad for good. And if he does indeed exchange one animal for another animal, then both the original animal and its substitute will be holy. If what is vowed is an unclean animal from which an offering must not be presented to the Lord, then he must stand the animal before the priest, and the priest will establish its conversion value, whether good or bad. According to the conversion value assessed by the priest, thus it will be. If, however, the person who made the vow redeems the animal, he must add one-fifth to its conversion value. If a man consecrates his house as holy to the Lord, the priest will establish its conversion value, whether good or bad, just as the priest established its conversion value, thus it will stand. And if the one who consecrates it redeems his house, he must add one-fifth of its conversion value in silver, and it will belong to him. Just a quick pause here again, just to help you understand maybe what all these conversion value is about. Basically what's happening here is uh, God was putting in laws saying, if you were to dedicate an animal or a person or yourself to God for God's service, then if you want, you can actually pay the equivalent monetary value in place. And so this is just establishing the values that would match up each of these different scenarios. And so uh, this is a way of actually saying, instead of giving Um, myself for God's service or this animal for God's service, I'm going to give money instead. This is how it's calculated. All right, back to Leviticus 27. If a man consecrates to the Lord some of his own landed property, the conversion value must be calculated in accordance with the amount of seed needed to sow it, a homer of barley seed being priced at 50 shekels of silver. If he consecrates his field in the jubilee year, the conversion value will stand. But if he consecrates his field after the jubilee, the priest will calculate the price for him according to the years that are left until the next jubilee year, and it will be deducted from the conversion value. If, however, the one who consecrated the field redeems it, he must add to it one-fifth of the conversion price, and it will belong to him. If he does not redeem the field, but sells the field to someone else, he may never redeem it. When it reverts in the jubilee, the field will be holy to the Lord like a permanently dedicated field. 
it will become the priest's property. If he consecrates to the Lord a field he has purchased, which is not part of his own landed property, the priest will calculate for him the amount of its conversion value until the jubilee year, and he must pay the conversion value on that jubilee day as something that is holy to the Lord. And in the jubilee year, the field will return to the one from whom he bought it, the one to whom it belongs as landed property. Every conversion value must be calculated by the standard of the sanctuary shekel, 20 geras to the shekel. Surely no man may consecrate a firstborn that already belongs to the Lord as a firstborn among the animals, whether it is an ox or a sheep. It belongs to the Lord. If, however, it is among the unclean animals, he may ransom it according to its conversion value and must add one-fifth to it. But if it is not redeemed, it must be sold according to its conversion value. Surely anything that a man permanently dedicates to the Lord from all that belongs to him, whether from people, animals, or his landed property, must be neither sold nor redeemed. Anything permanently dedicated is most holy to the Lord. Any human being who is not who is permanently dedicated to the Lord must not be ransomed. Such a person must be put to death. Any tithe of the land, from the grain of the land, or from the fruit of the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. If a man redeems part of his tithe, however, he must add one-fifth to it. All the tithe of herds or flocks, everything which passes under the rod, the tenth one will be holy to the Lord. The owner must not examine the animals to distinguish between good and bad, and he must not exchange it. If, however, he does exchange it, both the original animal and its substitute will be holy and must not be redeemed. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses to tell the Israelites at Mount Sinai. And that brings us to the end of the book of Leviticus. Uh, congratulations. Maybe that's the first time you've ever read through it. I'm glad that you made it through, and I hope it was encouraging and actually insightful to you. We're now going to continue with Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. How blessed is the one who obeys the Lord, who takes great delight in keeping his commandments. His descendants will be powerful on the earth. The godly will be blessed. His house contains wealth and riches. His integrity endures. In the darkness, a light shines for the godly, for each one who is merciful, compassionate, and just. It goes well for the one who generously lends money and conducts his business honestly, for he will never be shaken. Others will always remember one who is just. He does not fear bad news. He is confident. He trusts in the Lord. His resolve is firm. He will not succumb to fear before he looks in triumph on his enemies. He generously gives to the needy. His integrity endures. He will be vindicated and honored. When the wicked see this, they will worry. They will grind their teeth in frustration and melt away. The desire of the wicked will perish. And we conclude today with Hebrews chapter 10. For the law possesses a shadow of the good things to come, but not the reality itself, and is therefore completely unable by the same sacrifices offered continually, year after year, to perfect those who come to worship. For otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshippers would have been purified once for all, and so have no further consciousness of sin? But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins year after year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. Whole burnt offerings and sin offerings you took no delight in. Then I said, 
Here I am, I have come. It is written of me in the scroll of the book to do your will, O God. When he says above, sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor did you take delight in them, which are offered according to the law, then he says, here I am, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first to establish the second. By his will, we have been made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands day after day serving and offering the same sacrifices again and again, sacrifices that can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, he sat down at the right hand of God, where he is now waiting until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are made holy. And the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us For after saying, this is the covenant that I will establish with them after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will inscribe them on their minds. Then he says, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no longer. Now where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the fresh and living way that he inaugurated for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in the assurance that faith brings, because we have had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. And let us hold unwaveringly to the hope that we confess, for the one who made the promise is trustworthy. And let us take thought of how to spur one another on to love and good works, not abandoning our own meetings, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and even more so because you see the day drawing near. For if we deliberately keep on sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth, no further sacrifice for sins is left for us, but only a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume God's enemies." Someone who rejected the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much greater punishment do you think that person deserves who has contempt for the Son of God and profanes the blood of the covenant that made him holy and insults the Spirit of grace? For we know the one who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of of the living God. But remember the former days when you endured a harsh conflict of suffering after you were enlightened. At times you were publicly exposed to the abuse and afflictions, and at other times you came to share with others who were treated in that way. For in fact, you shared the sufferings of those in prison, and you accepted the confiscation of your belongings with joy, because you knew that you certainly had a better and lasting possession. So do not throw away your confidence, because it has great reward. For you need endurance in order to do God's will, and so receive what is promised. For just a little longer, and he who is coming will arrive and not delay. But my righteous will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I take no pleasure in him. But we are not among those who shrink back and thus perish, but are among those who have faith and preserve their souls. That's our reading for the day.
Again, the reminder that it is grace, God's grace, his loving grace in Jesus who paid for our sins that motivates the obedience that's talked about here, the endurance that's described here, that it's grace that motivates us to live a new life in response to him. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.